Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Doggy Pod. I'm producer Stephen Peters and with me is this guy who's wearing sort of scrubs and he looks like he's a vet and his name is Dr. Rob Zammett. Hello listeners, thanks for listening. In this episode, I'm going to tell you how to make the, oh, you know, the, well, the shy dog become the life of the party. Oh, I love that. Also, Rob will tell us about the telltale signs that your dog might be getting arthritis. Yes, arthritis in your dog. And if you're thinking of getting a new dog or an extra dog, I'm going to talk to you about how to make sure you go to the right source. Now, buyer beware. I'll tell you what to look out for and how to steer clear of any dogs that have come from those dreadful puppy mills, those puppy farms that people talk about. Mm, on the outskirts of most, most big cities, there's a bunch of those, yeah. But before we get into that, let's talk about what's been happening at your clinic this week. Rob, what interesting dogs have you had through the front door? I had a... Uh, a lot of allergies, despite the fact that it's you know, getting colder weather, we've yeah. still had a lot of allergies bursting out, maybe because there's been a lot of rain around and the last growths on plants, I'm not sure. But we had a dog that came in and I couldn't believe it. The lady needed a prescription refilled for some tablets. I said, I haven't seen you for a long time. She said, I only give this dog one tablet a week. I said, what? I said, I said one a week? I said, who told you to do that? She said, you did. <laughs> I did too. I said, decrease the dose to a dose that works. And I said, but one tablet a week of cortisone. I said, surely that's not working. What said, was it for? Allergy. Or just yeah, for an allergy. Cr- okay. Chronic allergy in this dog. Chronic allergy. And she has. Uh, she lives in an area where there's a lot of different plants, not even in her yard because she took them all out, but neighbours have vines growing along the fence and that causes severe allergy in just about every dog. Uh, there's a lot of other different trees that are blowing pollens and that into her place. And she said to me, if I do not give this dog one tablet a week, he scratches like crazy, inflammation. So I've tried stopping it and it doesn't work. 
I've had to restart it then for a few days a week and then wean him down to one a week. Now, the, the issue here is there are new drugs that stop allergies, prevent allergies. Um, they don't work in every case, but when they do work, they're fantastic because there's no side effects. Uh, the drugs I'm talking about, there's a, a drug called Apoquel as a tablet, which you give once a day eventually, or a drug which you give as a once-a-month, or the vet gives as a once-a-month injection called Cytopoint. Great drugs, but, you know, and researchers spent thousands of, or well, millions of dollars developing these drugs. So, of course, there's a patent on them until they get the money back so they can develop more drugs and new drugs. It's just the right thing to do, but it's very, very expensive. Not everyone can afford them at this stage of life. And so we t turn to the cheaper drugs. If you have a dog that is itchy and antihistamine works, just look up to heaven and say thank you, God, because not um, antihistamines in, dr in dogs are very unrewarding, very unrewarding. And so if you do have one... What do you mean by unrewarding? You give them antihistamines, there's no effect. It doesn't help them. Doesn't okay. doesn't stop the allergy whatsoever. There's no change in, in the allergy situations. So you then have to turn to cortisone, which... Great anti-inflammatory, fantastic anti-inflammatory for lots of things, but lots of side effects. dog wants to eat more. The dog wants to drink more. And even if the dog isn't given any more food, they retain fluid. They put on weight. Their kidneys eventually start paying the price, as do their liver. And so there's lots of side effects with cortisone. So we avoid steroids where we can. When it, you have to go to steroids for whatever reason, for skin allergies... What a lot of the specialist dermatologists have developed is what's called pulse therapy, where you give it for two or three days in a row, and then you stop for the rest of the week for four days. That gives the body a chance to develop. And I must but say, what, but what is pulse therapy? <clears throat> what is that? Bang! You hit them with a big dose of cortisone. Okay. The pulse is the cortisone. So bang, bang, one or two days or three days, uh, you know, a, a dose, and then stop. And some of the dogs have been on pulse therapy for quite some time and come in for other illnesses. I take blood. I'm always surprised. The liver enzymes are quite reasonable and the kidney enzymes are just normal. So it does work. Uh, to have it work one day a week was fantastic mm. for this person because not expensive to the dog's body. In other words, there's not a lot of side effects. Uh, very easy for the lady just to remember, right, Sunday is cortisone day for the dog. Away mm. it goes and the allergies are controlled. So if you can't um, afford the Apoquels and the cider points and you're feeling a bit guilty, don't feel bad. Talk to your vet about maybe using cortisone just two or three days a week to relieve the symptoms. Uh, people say it could shorten their lives. Yeah, but scratching all the time and you know, the bacteria that grows with that on the skin because of the infl inflammation from the allergy, that's going to shorten your dog's life and it's going to be a miserable life. So if pulse therapy works... Uh, it, it's going to make the dog a lot happier and I doubt that's going to cause many problems for your dog. So, Rob, a lot of dogs can be quite timid, almost nervy around strangers, you know, tail between their legs, that kind mm -hmm. of thing. What would be causing that? And what can we do to make our shy dogs, as you say, a bit more of the life of the party, a bit more outgoing? Look, just as I believe that dogs are not born innately aggressive, it's usually an experience. You do get some dogs where the breeds have been selected by people to be aggressive. It tends not to happen in dogs, and same with shyness. It doesn't just happen because 
they're born shy, it usually happens because of some bad experience through life or a lack of experience in life, a lack of imprinting during the really important first few months of life with people and, or with other dogs, so they become shy of other dogs or shy of people or both. That's really important to try and help dogs. If you're a breeder or uh, someone that wants to buy a new dog, get it early and you know, have it imprinting not just with you but with lots of other people as well so it's not shy with lots of other dogs and lots of situations. Don't make big banging noises that are going to frighten the dog. Try and avoid fear situations. If your dog is shy, don't push it into fear situations. Try, I'm going to get, get you out of it. I'm going to get a big party with lots of people and they're going to come and pat you. That's just going to make your dog worse. Mm. What I do like is to go to crowded places with the dog where, you know, for example a shopping centre on the outskirts of a shopping centre or a railway station when there's lots of people at peak hour, especially when people are heading off to, the, to catch the train and no-one's going to stop and want to pat your dog. Walk your dog, walk your dog like you're on a mission. Don't stop, just you know, take hold of the lead, off you go, walk through the crowds, walk back the other way. That's the beginning of desensitisation for your dog. Those situations, <clears throat> always talk to the dog while you're doing it. doesn't matter if you run around thinks you're crazy because you are, that's fine. So am I. <laughs> But you talk to your dog and keep walking it through those areas and the dog's going to you know, focus on you. Talk to your dog when you're not in that situation as well. At home, make sure you'll be talking to your dog and saying, you're a good dog, I love you, come on, baby, come on. Yeah. And I do that all the time with my dogs. You should be doing the same. Then do it in that difficult situation for the dog, but all of a sudden can hear your voice. Yep, I remember when we were home, this is good. Suddenly the dog is starting to get desensitised to all these people around the place. No one's trying to pat him. No one's trying to uh, come up to the dog or, or, or looks like it's going to be a challenge. You're quickly walking through with your dog. You're in a hurry. They're in a hurry. Everybody's you know, ignoring the dog. That's important. Do that frequently and that will help immensely. If your dog's shy of other dogs, go to the dog parks. Don't go into the dog parks. Yeah, go I was going to suggest that. Is that yep. No, don't, don't go don't, in. No, no, just walk around the dog park where all the other dogs are there. Because no one's going to control those dogs. They're going to come up and confront your dog and you don't need that confrontation. Walk like you're on the mission again, around, and if you have to, around and around the dog park while you are talking to your dog. Once your dog's comfortable with that, after many sessions, you can go in. You can talk to your veterinarian about drugs that can help uh, alleviate this situation. There are drugs that will, will help ease this dog's because um, the anxiety. dog's stressed, I guess. Yeah, yeah and exactly. Anxious, yeah. anxious and, and fearful. And remember, the fearful dog is more dangerous than the aggressive dog. If you corner a fearful dog, if a child corners a fearful dog, that dog will launch into an attack to protect itself and the attack will be vicious and uh, may be unwarranted, but the dog doesn't know that. It just thinks it's been provocated into this attack. So please be careful with the shy dog and make sure it doesn't get ever cornered and because then things can get very, very ugly. Ensure that you uh, talk to your veterinarian about what drugs to use. If you don't want to go to the vet about it, you may want to use something to just relax the dog naturally. And I've often recommended valerian. Mm. You know, on this show, valerian is a natural herbal root uh, of the plant and it causes relaxation both in humans and in dogs and it can just take the edge off the dog uh, you know use it and uh, twice a day you use it regularly 
to get the dog to just relax and start feeling good about itself and good about the situation. And then also give the dog some confidence. You know, when you're walking through the door, let the dog go through first. It becomes point at home and goes through the dog before you do. So all of a sudden the dog's thinking, yeah, this is okay. Lots of praise, lots of patting while, I've said it before many times, mm. what am I going to say, Stephen? <laughs> while the dog is eating. Yes. Pat your dog, talk to your dog and do you know, a lot of those positive things for your dog all the time. But would this have its origins with a dog that um, that hasn't socialised well at, at a young age, yes. either with people and with other dogs? Yeah, that or something bad has traumatised this dog at Be- any Before age. you got yeah, a hold of it. Before yeah. you got a hold of it or you know, just even while you had it and didn't realise that it was a traumatic situation for the dog. That can happen and uh, all of a sudden the dog just changes and if you look back you'll think oh was that situation that caused it Uh, I'm not talking about the dogs that say are fearful of storms that's a different situation Um, uh, even loud bangs Mm. that's a different situation more dogs that are fearful of other dogs or humans or both and try and stay between the human and your dog if there's a human approaching when you're on a walk just put your dog on the outside uh, you know, of that situation and walk through. Don't stop, don't talk to the human, just, you, know, you might say, good you know, day, that's fine, but just keep going. Don't stop. Keep the dog moving, keep the dog focused on you, keep talking to that dog as much as you can. Let them get used and desensitise them to these situations. Dogs like humans suffer a lot of the same traits, especially when they get a bit older and one of those ailments can be arthritis. So, Rob, what is it and how do we diagnose it in dogs? How do you know if your dog's got arthritis sure. or or just something else? Well, I guess, yeah, like I said, what, what causes arthritis? What the, and what are the telltale signs? And, and yeah. the, the cause of arthritis are things like problems in the joint. I mean, arthritis is inflammation of your joint. And in dogs, we get mainly osteoarthritis, which is, you know, new bone growth around the joint causes a lot of pain and a lot of discomfort for your dog. Causes can be things like developmental problems such as hip dysplasia or elbow dysplasia or, and you've heard of hip dysplasia, mm. we have bad hips. Elbow dysplasia is usually a, f- a small fragment or problems inside the elbow joint. And then you have luxating patellas. That's a kneecap that goes, you're born with it, your kneecap actually dislocates while you walk, and that can cause a lot of arthritis. It could be someone you know, traumatic. You had a, a fracture, even a small fracture, inside the joint of a dog. That will repair but cause arthritis later on. But but what are the, what, would your dog be limping? How would yep. you know? Yep. Yeah. That's, we will get to that. You're very anxious today. <laughs> get some valerian into you. Um, very often dogs will rupture cruciate ligament. What is that? It's a footballer's injury. You know, footballers, when they do their knee and you hear about a footballer doing his knee, oh, he's done the knee, or a tennis player doing a knee, it's usually a ruptured cruciate ligament. It's inside the knee. It needs repair, but often that will lead to arthritis later on in life. And, of course, the good one, obesity, will yes. often lead to abnormal pressures, abnormal walking pressures on joints, and so they develop arthritis. How do you know that your dog has arthritis? Quite a lot of things. I mean, obviously, stiffness. 
they don't really like to get up. They have trouble getting up. You can see them, yeah, they'll have a little trouble. Is it an age thing, though? Can oh, young dogs get arthritis? Young dogs get it with hip dysplasia and with mm. all those other things we talked about. Um, and you can get a thing called septic arthritis, but it's a little bit different. We won't go into that today. But it's more old dog disease. They start to limp. There might be a bit of a tremble. Mm. Certainly, you, know, you can see them a bit of tenderness or a bit ginger when they're walking. And they warm into it okay, but it starts off pretty sore. They don't like climbing stairs very often. Or you know, My dog used to jump on the bed and, or used to jump on the couch. Now he doesn't. That's often reported to me. That's because of arthritis very often in the spine. It can occur in, your, in the dog's spine. They're less interested in going out on walks or they'll just go out on a walk for a little while and then they start being lame because they want to go out for you and you know, to enjoy the time with you. But it's not what they should be doing. And, of course, you know, they become increasingly irritable because they're in pain. So irritability is, is often a sign of, of arthritis. How you diagnose it? Well, your vet can have a feel of the joints and, and decide. They might want to x-ray because... Lameness can, yeah, it could be something more severe in older dogs, such as bone cancer. So they want to make sure it's arthritis they're treating and not bone cancer. Mm. Uh, so x-rays are often the diagnostic tool. They may also do some blood work and things like that just to make sure there's nothing else. But they're the things. The <clears throat> treatment, one of the treatments I always recommend if the dog is at all even a little bit overweight, weight loss. Weight loss, weight loss, weight loss. If you do that, often you'll see, wow, got the old dog back mm. you know it becomes well it makes sense i guess less yeah. pressure on, on oh, the joints yeah. it really helps the dog overweight or obesity especially weight loss is a really big factor in minimizing the effects of arthritis you can start with some of the uh, things like if your dog's not too bad and it's you know, a young dog and he's oh, i'm not sure start with some of the things that can help such as glucosamine with chondroitin and um well, glucosamine is something that... Um, people take. Yeah, people yeah. take. Also, yeah. well, the other thing they take, and they've been taking back in the 70s, New Zealand green-lipped muscle tablets. Mm. They work very well to help with arthritis. You can use both together. These are herbal things that can start helping with arthritis. If you find there's not enough effect, then it's prescription medicine that your veterinarian will recommend. There's uh, injections once a week, courses of those, a few times a year sometimes can help and there are various tablets and liquids that can help prevent the symptoms of inflammation of the joints and relieve a lot of pain and suffering and of course the other big one the big winner don't forget is warmth warmth you know mm. yeah surprise surprise we see more arthritis in winter time more effects of arthritis in winter so particularly if dogs are, are living outside outside so mm. Inside the house, best place for your dog. Of course. Um, absolutely. As we've always said. Get a, get a nice soft bed for yourself and put your dog on your bed. No, get a nice soft bed for the dog that he can sleep on. Um, some carpet, so some traction if your dog's sleeping on the floor, that can help. Sometimes slightly raised food bowls and water bowls are needed. And think seriously about ramps if, in, for, for your wow, dog to okay. get in now. Thing. That can always help. And when they're really bad, you may have to assist your dog by just helping them upstairs and things like that for small dogs. Be careful not to do your own back in if it's a big dog because I've seen it happen. <laughs> but these are the things that will happen. Uh, you know, incontinence, urinary incontinence occurs 
later in life as well. And dogs with arthritis will often have urinary incontinence, so you need to talk to your vet about how to prevent that and how to help that in your dog. But old dogs, they really do deserve your time, and they do deserve uh, warmth, um, some TLC, and some management of any arthritic situations. Get those creaky bones up happening again, yes. Now, if you're thinking of getting a new dog or an extra dog for the family and you might want to go through a breeder, not necessarily a pedigree dog, um, but you don't want to go for whatever reason down the, you know, the rescue dog route, what are the risks uh, and what are the costs, especially with some of the popular breeds out there today? Mm. Costs can be quite high at the moment. Mm. COVID has really ramped the cost of dogs up because everybody wants a dog. And the cost of a dog on average would be $2,000 upwards. Through, through a breeder, through, through a reputable through breeder. Through a reputable breeder. can be some of them going up to $5,000. Some breeds are commanding prices of $10,000. I'm not sure that that's uh, where I'd want to go, but there you go. That's are they like Frenchies and, and those sorts yeah, of Yeah, French Bulldogs are, are very popular at the moment mm. and uh, because people are prepared to pay it. I guess the breeder's prepared yeah. to charge it. So you're certainly going to be up for a bit of money. But how do you know you're going to a decent breeder? Mm. That's what I always tell people. Firstly, if it's a breeder that you found online, do they mind if you go out to their place to have a look? The breeder says, oh, you don't have to worry. I'll deliver the dog for you. We'll meet at such and such a garage or park or McDonald's or whatever. They're usually puppy farmers. They don't want you to come to their place because they overcrowd their place with lots of dogs under awful conditions, the females are bred as soon as they come into their first season in life. They're often not physically or mentally mature enough to have puppies. Well, too bad, you're going to have puppies. Mm. And they breed them every season. That's a puppy farmer. So I don't like those sort of things because it's too much stress on the females. The puppies are not socialised. They're often not even well-wormed. They certainly have to be vaccinated because that's the law. Some of them are not. They have to be microchipped because that's the law. And if they're not microchipped, they're not. And you don't have microchip papers and you don't have uh, vaccination papers from a veterinarian that's examined these animals. So that's a big danger sign oh, straight away. Straight away. They don't allow you to come out to see the parents. That's a danger sign. Not all breeders have the parents there. You know, for example, some breeders use frozen semen to get the best quality pup for you. Hmm. But they'll be able to show you the parents. You know, they'll be able to show you the mother. And they'll often show you photos and um, information on the father as well. If you don't have those, I'd be very careful. One thing I do tell all breeders to do, and I tell my buyers to do, I want to see a written guarantee. Now, I, you know, I've bred German Shepherds. I can't guarantee that your German Shepherd won't have hip dysplasia. But what we do is we guarantee that if you buy a puppy and de- develops a debilitating hereditary disease, you get your money back straight away. You know, There's no, no ifs or buts. You get your money back if it's a debilitating hereditary disease. Mm. So I like to, do like to see written guarantees, to be honest. I like to see veterinary certification that the animal has been wormed, the animal's been vaccinated, and has had a health check. I think they, they are important things. There must be microchip papers with that puppy. Uh, they're important things. I'm not interested in pedigrees or no pedigrees or whatever. If it is a pedigree dog, however, what I'm interested in is what tests 
had been done to el eliminate the possibility of hereditary diseases. You know, if it's a, Which some breeds have a lot more than Some others. more than others. Mm. So you've got to do your own investigations first, what breed you want, and then just have investigate what hereditary diseases do this breed get and what tests are available to avoid them. You know, for example, with poodles, I'd want to see some genetic testing to make sure they don't have eye diseases. Uh, the vet will have checked the kneecaps, the patellas in the poodle. They'll have checked their heart. Those things have been checked. But what diseases can they get and what, have they been, what has been eliminated to make sure that those uh, parents don't have that problem? I'm not interested in the genetic test for the puppies. That's over the top. But mm. genetic testing for the parents is important. Certainly if the parents are affected, you don't breed from them. A decent breeder doesn't breed from affected parents. And I guess that's what you pay for when you do spend a lot of money going through a breeder, that yeah. they've done all this, all this due test. diligence. The yeah. breeder that says to you, oh, no, I don't test because I don't have those problems, uh, run. Do not buy from that sort of breeder. <laughs> do not buy from that sort of breeder. I don't test because I don't have those How do you know you don't have the problems if you haven't tested? So, so you that, should be able to go to the breeder's place yeah, and, yep. and have, have a look at the puppies. Is it clean? Is there overcrowding of dogs? Do I like the parents? Do I like the dogs that they have in their care? If I see smelly places and, you know, the dogs are not well kept and, yeah, look, that's a lot of green in those water bowls, mm. no, I wouldn't buy from those places. Okay. Yeah, you don't want – now, your puppy itself, it should have nice pink gums, it shouldn't have a pot belly, it should have a nice bright coat and it should be outgoing and gregarious. It doesn't have to be all over you but – yeah, you don't want a, sh a pup that's shy in the corner, shying away from everybody because it has not been socialised. That sort of puppy is not for you and not for really for. It's got to go into a rescue situation and be looked at by experts that can bring that puppy out. Um, but they're the sort of things that I again that I ask you to look for. Make sure that you've got genetic testing as much as possible for the parents. It might just be. X-rays to make sure the parents are free of, say, hip dysplasia in German Shepherds. In fact, if you're buying a pedigree German Shepherd, if it's a registered uh, dog or Labrador or Golden Retriever, in most states of Australia, it is compulsory to have the parents X-rayed before you breed from them. For, and same with Rottweilers and quite a lot of other breeds. There is quite a lot of testing that now can be done for each breed of dog. So you've got to research... Talk to the clubs, if it's a pedigree dog, talk to the breed clubs and find out what diseases are there, what diseases do people test for. And if they're saying, oh, no, there's nothing here, we're all sound, you've got a problem. So what's your view then, and, you know, we've all been tempted when we've gone to a shopping centre or uh, one of those big pet shops where they have puppies mm -hmm. in the window. Mm-hmm. You know, how much is that puppy in the window? Mm. And they're, they're as cute as all get out. What's, what's your view on, on buying a dog that way? Well, they give you a guarantee for the first year of life that there's no hereditary problems or if there's a hereditary problem, you get your money back. Generally not. Your guarantee is usually 48 hours or one week and that's about it. <laughs> so I'm not real thrilled with it. In one state of Australia, Victoria, uh, puppies through pet shops were banned. So... And there are good pet shops that exist today without selling puppies and kittens mm. in their window. They, can, they do it without selling animals. They're a pet shop for advice. They're a pet shop for food. They're a pet shop for uh, lots of things. And they'll coordinate 
with breeders, good breeders, where people can buy dogs. So I think that's reasonable. But a lot of pet shops um, where it's impu- you know, real an impulse buy. Oh, look at that. Oh, isn't that cute? Oh, yes, I've exactly. got to have that. Exactly. And then you get home and you think, why did I buy that? <laughs> um, what, yeah, and then you've got a world of, of hurt and problems. Because you're not dealing directly with the breeder. No. I, I'd like to be able to people to deal with the breeder and talk to the breeder and see the breeder's premises. The breeder that's way out west and has these magnificent kennels on their website and magnificent parents on the website. Mm. And also be careful of some of the... Um, certification they have because it's not always legitimate. There's fraudulent certification out there. So if you do see the, the certificates, you might want to get it checked by... Certifying that it's a particular breed that it's well, supposed to be. Not just a breed, it's also, oh, it's got this genetic test. Right, yeah, okay. But it's, been, it's actually just people have bodged up the test. Yeah. Yeah, it's not really from that dog. They've bodged up the certificate. The test hasn't been done. That's happened many times with a lot of breeders. So this is well worth the effort because this dog you're about to buy is going to be with you for a long time. Okay, thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Doggy Pod. We really appreciate it. Please uh, look us up on Facebook and Instagram. There's always good stuff there. And uh, there's all the older episodes, of course, are on the uh, podcast platform of choice, whether it be Apple or... um, yeah, it's a whole bunch of them. Anyway, you'll find us on pretty much all of them, and we'll um, see you again next week. And we talked about old dogs, and I find old dogs very, very special. The older they get, the more special. And someone did say, old dogs are a bit like old shoes. They're just comfortable. They're a bit out of shape, and they're a bit worn around the edges, but they just fit well. Nice. Look after those old dogs, especially in winter. See you next week, folks. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. 
quince.com slash style. 